Welcome to Divinely Detoured, where we explore questions on the path you didn't choose. When what's ahead seems too hard. Eons ago, my preschool boy crept to the end of our friend's modest diving board, muttering under his breath, then retreating. This went on for several attempts, muttering, retreating, muttering, retreating. As his dad swam toward him in the pool, recognizable words began to take shape out of that four-year-old mouth. I do, but I don't. I do, but I don't. That deep-thinking little guy is all grown up now. But I'll bet he still whispers that phrase to himself when things seem insurmountable. I know his mama does. Hesitation and Faith My journal entry this week. Somehow I have outlived my heart device. It needs to be replaced. In two weeks I'll start three days of pre-op appointments in Cleveland. Then the fourth day I'll have surgery. The recovery with this type of device is not easy, and I'm not looking forward to going in while I'm at the high-functioning place that I am now. Still, while I dread getting this scar opened up again, I never want to forget the miracle it is that I have to. There's not a doctor in Vegas who would have bet in my favor six and a half years ago. But I also know... There's a slew of prayer warriors who already have, living apprehensive but still grateful. A scar is evidence of healing, a physical mark of grace. It's a sign of survival, a testimony of his touch. But we all know a scar is also proof of past pain, a reminder of a wreck or ruin. It's both a step forward and a step back. I do, but I don't. Balancing both and. Sometimes in a faithful life, things still seem impossible. Sometimes with all we believe and all we have lived, we still hesitate to move forward. And having feet in both worlds like that, we can feel paralyzed like my son on that diving board like the scar on my chest we believe but we hurt we know but we question faith allows no it requires residence in the both and otherwise it would be called certainty free choice can exist only where there is doubt says Gary Saul Morrison. He goes on to say, where there is certainty, there is nothing to choose. As soon as we understand a proof in Euclidean geometry, for, in, for instance, we simply accept it. Faith exists only where there is uncertainty. And so Jesus did not offer proofs. You know, one of the most honest statements in Scripture is this, from Mark 9.24, I do believe, 
Help my unbelief. It's okay to hesitate in belief. In fact, it's a good thing. When we do, we weigh our options, we solidify our choice, we strengthen our faith. In the careful contending, our belief system becomes clearer, more defined. While our faith can have this both-and nature, so can our lives. We can be both healed and yet still hurting, because sometimes healed hearts still come with a cross to bear. And it doesn't discount God's providence or goodness or attention. Sometimes God doesn't remove our burden, but instead He scoops us up and carries us, cross and all. Confession. After all these years with heart failure, I still wake up surprised that I have this chronic progressive disease. Despite the cloud cover heart failure brings, it also has its shards of sunshine. In some ways, though this is not resolved, things are getting easier. I know the routine. I understand the terms. I recognize the faces. We have broken in recipes I can eat and a rest rhythm that works for my fatigue. We have culled and cultivated our lives. But not every day is forward-facing because every day I deal with some version of my vanished plans and my altered life. Like all who deal with unhealed illness, I live every day with gratitude to still be alive because each day is an undeserved, unpromised gift. I also live each day grieving that I have this disease at all, still. God's love has stretched across it all. The fear that once said I wouldn't see my children graduate or hold a grandchild in my arms. The fear that still says I will leave so much unlived and undone. The fear that I've wasted what has been a too short life. I do, but I don't. So maybe lived faith is more a sliding continuum between certainty and doubt. And as long as that tab doesn't fall off either end, we're okay. Anne Lamott says the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Certainty is missing the point entirely. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness, and discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. Grace in the Gray Space when I was a young adult, Mom used to say, Don't argue with Lori. You won't win. Recalling her words makes me sad now. I never wanted her to see me as someone who always had to be right. I never wanted anyone to think of me that way. The truth is we all go through our black and white periods where the world is simple and answers come easy. Nearly everything is a binary decision, and there are clear-cut boundaries for right and wrong. This phase usually doesn't last long, but unfortunately, we are often most vocal in our black and white periods. 
The older we get, the more we see the gray areas, not only on our heads, but in our world, in our politics, in our faith. I'm learning that this gray space is the place of grace, and that gives me hope as I live with my own trembling, I want to believe it faith. That place of grace is like a vapor that expands to fill whatever space is necessary, whether we have a little doubt or many doubt-filled days, grace can make up the difference if we are honest enough to let him in. Chris Green from his book Being Transfigured said, not all questions are faithless. And sometimes, in fact, the only faithful response to truth is confusion. We're not all the same. That day at the pool, my daughters were swimming too. And while my son was struggling in the gray space along that diving board, his older sister ran across the board and jumped without hesitating. Come to think of it, his younger sister did too. We all come to faith differently. Gethsemane is the scene in the Easter story that always seemed most human-relatable to me. Let this cup pass, and then not my will, but yours. Sort of an I don't, but I do. Jesus sweat drops of blood struggling with it. It was in that garden, maybe for the first time, when I recognized the part of Jesus that was human like me. Perhaps hesitating questioners feel this dual nature most. We are the crowd along the streets of Jerusalem cheering, Hosanna, Hosanna. But we're also the mob on Good Friday screaming, crucify him, crucify him. I was raised by a mother who believed with every fiber of her being that God was real and that he listened and that he made a difference in her life. I married a man with the same spiritual DNA, but I'm a little bit different. I know myself. I know that when this is all over and I stand before God, part of me is going to say, well, what do you know about that? It was all true. And I don't think he loves me any less because of that. There are some like my mom and my husband who know that they know that they know. And some more like me. We think we know that we know. And that's what faith is. I've learned that faith doesn't look the same on everybody and it's not supposed to. Scripture carefully introduces us to all sorts of believers some with hesitations and questions, Peter, Thomas, Jonah, Sarah, and others who believed without them, Mary, Noah, Joseph, Ruth. The Spirit was intent on giving us a full picture of what faith is, and He wanted us to see ourselves fully, too. As Deborah Dean Murphy said, we see our duplicity and our honest striving. We know ourselves culpable and forgiven. The Father's Arms
For those of us who come to faith through questioning and hesitating and wondering, these words are pure downy comfort. From Deuteronomy 33 verse 27, The eternal God is your refuge, and His everlasting arms are under you. As for my boy on the diving board, he finally did jump, and then we couldn't get him to stop jumping when it was time to go home. Not because we lowered the board or encased him in an unsinkable suit or drained the pool and made it into a ball pit, but because his father was there, treading the unfamiliar water, arms ready, and those arms were under him before he hit the bottom every single time. Come to think of it, that father caught each one of his children because he loved them all the same. When we're on a path we didn't choose, God may seem distant. Sometimes I just quit talking to him. If that's you, my guide may help. Five Prayers and Promises When You Can't Talk to God. Download it free at lorianwood.com slash hope. That's L-O-R-I-A-N-N W-O-O-D dot com slash hope.